1: Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast pottering around the shrouded obscenity screaming portrait of Mangum Reads. We are three (laughs) muggles who, as always, are delighted by a Crookshanks cameo, even if it's only to be scapegoated by Jenny's or for Jenny's hijinks. My name is Sarah. I'm joined as always by my co-host BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing?
0: Once again, feeling called out, but so appropriately so I've got no comment on the subject (laughs) of it. Um,
1: We just like to to put a mirror up to you, Spencer, and uh, let you see what's there.
0: I think I've got enough in the room I'm presently in right now. That is
1: that is true. Um, our listeners can't see him, but he's essentially in a dressing room with mul- illuminated from all <laughs> multiples of himself cascading into the distance. As BJ noticed, I've got four of the
0: mirrors that are sitting in the oh, hallway geez. that I can hang up in somewhere if I want to. Too, too much <laughs> supply. Too little space.
1: Well, we are on chapter four of the fifth the book of Harry Potter, number 12, Grimmauld Place. Um...
0: Which still has the most gothic cover art we've yet seen, I think, in this series.
1: It's uh, it's pretty grisly, and your suppositions at the end of our last episode about what we were actually seeing here are correct. Well, <laughs> yep, well done, BJ. Yes. these are, in fact, house um, elf
2: heads. Also, kind of interesting because it seems like uh, house elf ears. Mm-hmm. Are not dissimilar to human ears, and and like they come in two varieties. Instead of having like a connected or non collected yes. connected lobe, they either point up, up or, or down. down. Um, and I wonder if that's sort of like the elf equivalent of resting bitch face. <laughs> if you have like downward pointing ears, an utter
0: down
1: <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, I think I think that's probably true. I think the other distinction, and I don't know if it shows it in these these pictures or not, but the other kind of distinction that we talked about last book with Winky and um, Dobby is the nose you can either have the long pointy nose or the short Uh, stubby nose is -hmm. that
2: Um, represented and they can sort of go up down and and all sorts of places with the cover art that we have here here and I don't remember if we we got it pictured before but I'm just gonna guess
1: that Dobby is a down (laughs) ear elf interesting supposition okay we'll see what the movies do with that i
2: suppose
0: Mm.
2: do they do they i I wonder if they still have sort of the same you know up versus down um and they're definitely not cute enough to have like flappy ears that sort of move around or like move you know do sort of like the dog thing with like one (laughs) one ear up and the other like you know kind of floppy tbd i suppose so, I feel like that's not a spoiler, but okay, <laughs> unless that's something How would you know? To, it could to, be. To uh Voldemort's downfall, <laughs> the, the ear shape and quality of, of House Elf ears. I'm very
1: sensitive about spoilers for this audience going forward. <laughs> so, we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. Um which we'll see Uh, we have bj's wizard wheezes newbies notes with spencer and increasingly with bj as well uh we award house points and then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles of which i have already been forewarned that there are at least several for this chapter which fair
0: yeah got a few i'll try to i'll try to keep them down the ones that involve cursing i'll just try to leave those out because that's not productive for anybody fair enough uh, but in terms of cursing in this context, because
1: <laughs> there are curses and there are curses.
0: There are <laughs> I, I generally view what the fuck is a curse of some variety. And that was under released least well, a few a
1: forgivable
0: times. One. <laughs> now I understand. Okay. Getting into our segments, Sarah, do you have a hope and a prayer to get under two minutes? In? It is.
1: It, I I am not putting in any sort of bet. It is going to be under two minutes or bust. I cut a lot of stuff out of the summary, BJ. I I don't even know if I'm going to get the nod from you on this summary, if I'm being <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, well, but it is what it is, and Spencer, I'm going to rely on you to pick up the slack in newbie's notes. So, I'm let's for go it. for it.
0: Stopwatch is ready if you are. Best of luck.
1: Harry immediately starts talking about the thing he's not supposed to talk about and Moody destroys the message. Under Lupin's guidance, Harry just thinks about the message and the whole block shifts to accommodate the newly revealed number 12 grim old place. Once they're in, Harry sees it is indeed a grim old place, but then there's Mrs. Weasley who's as warm as ever. But as the other wizards head for the meeting of the order, Harry's sent upstairs to meet Ron and Hermione with strict instructions not to wake anything up. There are mounted house elf heads on the walls along with a bunch of other unsavory stuff around. Hermione is thrilled to see him and starts rattling off all the reasons he can't be bound by the decree for the restriction of underage sorcery. Ron just wants him to be able to breathe. After a a brief bit of joy at seeing them in Hedwig, Harry uh, latches onto something Hermione said. Dumbledore told them not to tell him anything. Harry's furious at being left at the Dursleys and left in the dark. When Ron and Hermione try to explain, Harry just gets mad that they've been together. A full-caps rant ensues that scares the owls and leaves his friends dumbfounded. Finally, Harry calms down enough to ask where they even are, headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix, and what the Order of the Phoenix is, a secret society dedicated to fighting Voldemort. While Ron and Hermione try to claim they don't know what goes on in the meetings, Fred and George invented extendable ears. They found out uh, the Order is following Death Eaters and trying to recruit new members before Mrs. Weasley found the ears. Oh, and they were guarding Harry. Ron and Hermione have spent the summer decontaminating the house. Fred and George apparate in, very happy to have passed their apparition tests, and have brought new extendable ears to eavesdrop downstairs. Ginny comes in to inform them that they've put a, a barrier charm around the room. Snape, Fleur Delacour, and uh, Bill and Charlie are also in the order, but Percy's holding the ministry line and is estranged, and also got promoted. Fudge is on a witch hunt for everyone associated with Dumbledore and suspects Arthur, and Percy thinks Harry made up Voldemort coming back. The Daily Prophet has launched a campaign to undermine Harry's word. Any chance they get. finally, it's time for dinner and harry has retreated from his everyone is out to get me position a little ron explains that creatures, the local house elf uh hermione hasn't given up on spew they're reminded again to keep it down in the hall but tonks knocks over an umbrella stand and a portrait of a woman starts screaming about half breeds and mutants a man barrels into the hallway to pull the curtains down over the portrait it's serious black this is his house and that was his mother oh no
0: <laughs> i think i was pretty timely with the, with the push there so oh. just over two minutes uh, two minutes and not even one second <laughs>
1: Well, shoot.
0: You tried. You Lucky did as well girl. as you could with that That was, one. That was a was dense chapter. It was my very
1: best extent, and I felt like a little bit nutty even reading it as the sentences <laughs> sort of flew from
0: subject to subject. Hey, your, your style of presentation there more than mirrored some of the just narrative spew that we got <laughs> in aspects of this chapter.
1: That's true. I think you I know. was just um, sort of by osmosis. And not S-P-E-W. So. Yes. Yeah, different spew. Uh. BJ... Go ahead and wheeze while I deal with my uh, loss I here. certainly have
2: s- some uh, uh, very minor wheeze here. Uh, there are a couple of other things that I just sort of want to point out in this chapter. Mm. Um, Harry's life improves immensely this chapter, even though he's very angry. And we do have... Hedwig. An owl yes, sighting. Yes, in fact,
1: we have two owl sightings.
2: Yes. Um, some other people were on the uh, uh, anger end of Hedwig, which is kind of really funny. <laughs> And also a little disturbing. Yeah, so Um, apparently
1: Hedwig took to heart what Harry said when he sent her off with the letters and did in fact just continue to peck Ron until they (laughs) wrote him back. Um, And also kind of
2: disturbing in a couple of ways. Like one, that Hedwig is that that, like comfortable with random violence of Harry's like whims. (laughs) And the second is, A lot more sentience than than we have sort of really ascribed to owls previously Mm -hmm. and sort of color some of the things that are going on around them. I'll just say because we don't talk about certain things in this book.
1: Noted and moving on.
0: And in, in fairness to Hedwig, given that Harry's response to seeing the injuries on his friends was to notably not feel bad about it. I think Hedwig read the room rather well about to, to, to what degree nope. to follow a, the instructions.
2: Correct. Yeah, no, he he was like, no, I'm kind of happy that my friend suffered at the hands <laughs> of my hour. A, a like,
0: bleeding open
2: with scar wound. You're kind of a dick, Harry, but we already knew that. Um, then I'm going to follow up with uh, something that, that doesn't really have a spot anywhere else. Uh, there's something really funny going on when... Mrs Weasley is in a dingy place and it hasn't been cleaned. Like you sort of know that the like serious shit's going down. Um because like this is her superpower. Yes. Yeah. Uh also kind of funny that the Order of the Phoenix was kind of like Dumbledore's like ah eh, it's just all the Weasleys. You know just, just literally all, just all of them. Except you know. One. Yes. Well, well but he's not really a Weasley. He's a Weatherby, right? <laughs> that is true. true. um i i have this sinking feeling that that Ginny is not here for a good reason but to advance a plot line and i'm curious to see what happens there
0: i i have no threads on the wall to understand what the hell you're talking about she has a
2: crush on harry and if anything's gonna happen there like they need to be in close proximity and this seems like a very convenient way for it's just like well it's just all the weasleys for her to be there well but she's also still a
1: child she can't just be left alone while the other weasleys are living in Grimold place
2: oh i get i guess i wasn't clear that everybody in the order of the phoenix was living there i thought that they were kind of there for meetings and stuff like that and it just made anyway yeah
1: i think i'm not sure it's no, they're it, definitely if, they're definitely living there because like Harry and Ron and Hermione end up staying there for the rest of the summer, and like the Weasleys are just always there. Yeah, I mean, I
2: guess I sort of interpreted that that Ron, Hermione, and now Harry are there as a Harry and everybody associated with him are like prime mm-hmm. targets and that that the elder weasleys are there kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. i guess they're trustworthy but then fred george and and Ginny being there were just like all right well i already have named characters that we've interacted with so let's just have them here
1: well so i think just logistically a couple of things are going on like yes the so the elder weasleys are living there i think probably mostly mrs weasley Probably mm-hmm. mostly because she cannot stand the state of
2: <laughs> the yes. house. Um.
1: And so I, Arthur goes in and out because he's going to and from work. It's unclear if he's like, it doesn't really get explored if he's actually staying there all the time. But I mean like, all I've, of the I'm Weasley kids right, yeah. are, the, the younger kids right. anyway, um, which I think is because Jenny can't stay home alone and Fred and George shouldn't stay home alone. Right and must be supervised at all times. <laughs>
2: so far. so I do have a question which I know the answer to but I, okay. I have to ask it anyway. Do you
0: have to ask it now?
2: I have to ask it now <laughs> because it's in it, it's really in wizard wees it's, it's it's not a question that's actually a question. Okay. So so is there a Tolkien ask return to the borough which is literally returning to the borough to fight all of the gnomes that have now infested <laughs> their house because that is a constant problem. And now that they're not there for any amount of time, it, there needs to be a oh serious God. waged
0: war to rid them of these it, gnomes. It, if we can properly get a scouring of the Shire focused on that topic, I'm in.
1: Yeah, that's the real epilogue I want.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. So so the the, the only like super on-brand wheeze that I have is unblushingly is is so barely a word like it we are skating in on the Mm -hmm. barest definition of actual english language at this point i get it but
1: really i don't i don't know i don't this was not one that i sometimes i think you have a point bj this was not one that i raised an eyebrow at
2: I, I understand that you didn't raise an eyebrow. I I would I would bet money that you would have been like that was in the chapter. <laughs> I like I have no memory of that word, which is fine. But it it sort of stuck out to me as like a hey, well, that's just a weird word in general. It is a word. I you know it's fine, but it but it's it's a unique choice. Hmm. Um, but with that, we should go into uh, some newbies'
0: notes.
1: Yes, right. please. Well.
0: I feel like this chapter is just in some ways designed to make me happy through just character reintroductions alone. Because we had Lupin last chapter, which I was already riding off a high with that. Then in Rapid Fire, we've got Mrs. Weasley, C- uh, Cirrus, Hedwig, Crookshanks, Pigwidgeon, all thrown together in, ra- in rapid succession. Mm-hmm. It's like, I only have so much space to smile, chapter. Please, contain yourself. And coming off that, I don't have to really think much about character progression when it comes to our trio. Just because they always kind of feel a little bit fixed in place. But this chapter really hammered home that, no, 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 over the course of a few books now, these guys actually have some both either character growth or at least better character representation than we've seen before. One of the first moments we see of that is actually with Hermione's reintroduction of where previously somewhat, you know, stolid, not necessarily the most emotionally connected Hermione performs projectile glomp hug on Harry the moment (laughs) she sees him while squeeing out loud. It's like, oh, you've come a long way since we first saw you as the mousy little know-it-all back in book one. You are still that, but you have friends. Uh, BJ, like you, I was very much amused that Hedwig decided to follow Harry's instructions to the absolute letter and even appears somewhat smug with herself that she did this.
1: Smug owl is one of my favorite things that
0: happens in these books. Smug owl is a great thing. (laughs) Smug owl should be a bit more recognized internet mood. (laughs) Speaking of moods, though, this quote. All of a sudden, after yearning to see them for a solid month, he felt that he would rather Ron and Hermione left him alone. Was the first indication that we suddenly had that, oh, this is not a normal reintroduction chapter. This has been a a pot that has been boiling, closed up for way too long, and we're going to see it explode upon the page. Yes.
2: And I think this is sort of the first time where we almost get a reversal of the Harry trope of he needs to tell an adult. Mm. Where literally every adult was told not to talk to him. And i have a feeling it's not going to be for a good reason
0: it will be interesting to see whether we get a clear explanation for that because at least just from what we have right now harry's being an ass to his friends like he legitimately seems almost content that they have injuries as a result of his prior instructions Mm -hmm. but his anger feels more than a little bit justified his role in the books to date has been to be kept out of the loop and it has reached an egregious point and he lays it all out there yeah. Guys, I'm the main character. I've done everything. All of this is a checklist of my accomplishments. Everything we've done previously in these books. Why am I being boxed out of this? No one's ever explained that. How but also,
2: you... how about you get me therapy rather than putting me back with my abusers? Like, maybe not even just, like, completely keep me in the loop. I get, like, there may be some things that adults are doing. He doesn't, but, like, I'm, I'm just saying that for plot purposes. Sure. Yeah. Like... But I I know, and it's clear that we're gonna get a lot more about the Dursleys and why that's a thing. I I understand that.
1: BJ is it now is using his com- placating me voice, listeners. If you have not recognized that, <laughs> calm, it's still calm. insane
2: to me that like no one knows what's going on at the Dursleys. Like and and they've literally had an agent there, sp- basically spying on them the entire time that Harry's been there and everybody's just kind of okay with what's going on. I mean, yes, uh, Crazy Cat Lady might not have the best and and most solid information because who knows how good a spy she is, but still.
1: Or maybe she does and she has been reporting that to Dumbledore and... And Dumbledore's just a massive dick. Which is is really where Harry comes down. May or may not be on brand. Certainly where Harry comes down over the course of this chapter. yeah,
0: I also feel this book has been very much represent. I think in some ways better than a lot of the prior books, representing our characters at the appropriate age in terms of their emotional reactions to yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, I think this book's done a good job of that. Particularly part of Harry's anger here is in straight-up reaction to paternalism. Mm-hmm. It's that it's not only you kept me out of the loop, it's that you think you know better than I do about what I can do and what I can know. Yeah. And I've not been And you po- think
2: you know my situation. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the really big thing where like he saw somebody die and he's definitely not like I don't know that anybody's really old enough to just tolerate that like and be normal afterwards but but there's been nothing and and I think that he sort of mentions that and the anger behind it yeah. is is interesting and I hope that it has at least some uh, like it, it, people come back to it at some point. Like the books, it come has back a chaos A little bit. There's
0: yeah. 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 I mean, Bj, we kind of joked about this previously. You in particular that Harry's been a bit. I'm gonna say this in a somewhat hyperbolic way. He's been somewhat of a, a zero when it's come to a character compared to so many other very bright, vibrant, well-developed characters in the story. Mm-hmm. Partly because he's in some ways our lens into the novel, and that yeah. kind of r- walking about camera can often struggle a bit in having much of their own identity. This book has really tried to push that away and really tried to develop Harry if through nothing else than his anger. The fact that he is pissed and it has justification and he's laying out his own history as linking into that. I feel connected to this character in a way i never have previously mm-hmm. com- com- coming off the last few chapters. Just because he actually now is representing his own investment and his own alterations, his own change as a result of the story it's, that he's been operating in. I think he's starting to exert some
2: agency in what's Absolutely. going on, and at least or at least talk about his lack of agency yeah. when he doesn't have it. Whereas, like in books previous, it's mostly been a lot of stuff has
0: happened
1: yes. and he's to him,
0: survived and, it, weathered it, and then gone yeah. home. And it's fallen right. in those those vents. And we've gotten and to a certain extent,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was just gonna say, we, like we've gotten some hints. We've gotten some breadcrumbs of the fact that he was probably going to end up in this place of real anger, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We got some of it in the third book when um, he was mad about not being told about his father, his parents, his father's friends about Peter Pettigrew, about serious black specifically. Uh, We got a little Mm -hmm. bit of it in the last book when, um, You know, he also felt like he was being either kept in the dark or mistrusted about his own involvement in getting put in the Goblet of Fire and all of that, right? But mm-hmm. those felt a little more discreet, a little bit more one-off. This is kind of all-consuming in a way that we haven't seen before. It, it, yeah.
0: And it feels built up, to. Yes. Like you said, there's been yes. breadcrumbs about this before. There's been inclinations that this is a character that's kind of just been purposely kept under wraps. Now it's out in the open, and everyone else is just kind of struggling to deal with it. Watching his friends even just try to decide how best to react to this. Yeah. When, to a certain degree, they apparently saw it coming, which is interesting, too. Um, yeah.
1: Which I also really think explains well. a little bit, too, about Hermione's outsized reaction to seeing him as Oh, well, I'm so happy to see you. Right? Want to contain this now. Please, I think please, please, there's a little bit happy. of yeah. guilt driving that, or expectation, anyway, driving that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, like, we had the the letter that they presumably got with, like, at least some anger in yes. it. Mm-hmm. Um And, I mean, I just... So, what I wanted to say was that Goblet of Fire really is where, like, Harry starts to have a little bit more agency in, like, the things that he's doing. And, like, he does get help and he does get, you know, sort of paraded through a little bit of the tasks mm-hmm. related to the Goblet of Fire. But some of them, like, He does things that that are him coming into his own in Mm -hmm. terms of, like, the whole underwater trial. Um, His decisions he makes with respect to that. Yeah. Also, you know, turning down help from Crouch.
0: Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, really starting to, like, rather than just, like, things happen and he just sort of does stuff. Which, I mean, I sort of also put him being good at Quidditch in. Like it, you know, there isn't so much a training. There isn't so much a like. This is something that he's like is part of like things that he does. He's just sort of there and is good at it. like he's good on a broom. Yeah, and that that was just sort of baked into like he was the jerk character mm-hmm. piece.
1: Yeah, but he also yeah. in the in the Goblet of Fire, exactly to your point, B J. He also starts to see the the outcomes of decisions that he makes that have both unintentional unintended and negative consequences right it is specifically yeah. because of this sense of equity and justice that he and cedric that he decides to go with cedric to take the cup at the same time and it is mm-hmm. yeah exactly because of that that cedric is well it,
0: he he certainly it leads b- from and that, and that, that
1: yeah, well, that yeah he directly
0: blames himself for yes. it that- I, because I chose to allow him to be there, because I chose this to be a moment between the two Mm -hmm. of us, Cedric died and that's on me. Well, on a lighter note, because dear Lord, uh, I, this chapter really reinforces the theory we've previously discussed that the only inventors in the entire Wizarding World are the the Weasley twins. (laughs) This is a conservative society and they are the only ones that are pushing the envelope of what magic can do. I have no real concept of what extendable ears are. Their description almost makes it seem like it's a tin can at the end of a string. Um, but but fleshy. Yes. But fleshy. It's more
1: rubbery, we'll say. But. <laughs>
0: we don't want to go down the other route? Uh-huh. Okay. But it feels like all the creativity in society has just, you know, come about in these two individuals. And they're the ones that are driving innovation okay. forward. Uh, in terms of interesting quotes I'm going to need to unpack later. Uh, An offhand line about Dumbledore wants as many foreign wizards brought in as possible is interesting. Mm -hmm. Of where there's any number of ways to interpret that. Is that distrust about who necessarily you can recruit locally when, you know, anyone could potentially be a dark wizard or have some connections to them? Is it trying to make this an international operation rather than limit it to within the confines of Britain? I don't, there's a long, long list of ways to analyze why that particularly is, but that's a strategic call that is just It made me stop and think for a second of where, ooh, people are making moves and they have multiple reasons or multiple hidden motivations behind them. Dumbledore being first and foremost in that category at all times. We also do know a little bit
2: about what may be an issue that Durmstrang might not have the best influences. And that's going to be a major part of other European wizardry. Unclear when that started, Mm -hmm. but like kind of a... If you have a training bed of Voldemort supporters, maybe, uh, or at least like a good section uh, that isn't just all of Slytherin, then, you know, there might be, there might be reasons that you like, you need to recruit agents in, in
0: other places. And and from a British perspective, having hostile Nordics was about 600 years of history. They'd rather (laughs) prefer to avoid repeating. So yeah, that's a thing too. Uh, Percy. Let's talk about Percy for a second, because we I, I think it's fair to say that we've had differing levels of dislike of, of Percy between the three of us, sure. uh, but he hasn't ever ranked in any of our top five, top ten, top fifty-five lists, really. But going into this chapter, and Sarah, I'm going to ask you to go back to, like, you know, twenty years ago in life to what you were feeling when you first read this, did you suspect that Percy would straight up turn his back on his own family the way he has here? It's been kind of building up to it a little bit, but this was a hell of a... Crossing the Rubicon, as
1: it were. I didn't. I did not suspect that we would get to here when I was reading these books because the Weasleys, despite their bickering with Percy, particularly, the Weasleys are a unit up to this point, right? Like the sure. Weasleys are the Weasleys, um, and uh, Percy is is pompous and sort of an asshole and self centered and ambitious. But Mm -hmm. not, this was not what I, this was not what I foresaw for him. That the, that ambition would start to override every, everything. Um, Because my reading, at least at this point, is, or (laughs) maybe I, well, I'll kick this question back. Like, what do you really, what do you both think Percy's motivations are here? Like, where is he coming from? I mean,
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm a lot less charitable uh, I guess, and like I, I think I talked about it in the last uh, book where he ran with Weatherby, mm-hmm. and well, yeah, I, your I reading of about, that
1: is is like, that he meant he, to do that, not that he allowed it to happen.
2: Like I, I think it, I, well, I, I and I think I talked a little bit about this, which was basically like it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. But when it happened, he was very happy to distance himself from his father because. He was super power. Mm -hmm. He saw it as an opportunity. Yeah. And didn't want to be associated with the like humble life that the Weasleys lead in terms of, you know, where Arthur is in the ministry, the uh, house that they live in, uh, like the what what everybody sort of pursues, because none of them, uh, uh, Bill and Charlie aren't going for power in in any particular sense unless you like want to be a big fish in a weirdly small pond researching dragons I assume I uh think in Romania. Bill
1: but... might be doing pretty well for himself though. He's with the bank, yeah, right? Yeah, he's a curse breaker for gringotts.
0: Okay. It's still not like a mover and shaker in government. No, it's it's, like he's it's a pretty n- it.
1: and it's a pretty niche kind of Yeah, it's a pretty niche kind of thing and we don't I mean we don't have a lot of understanding of like is that position like some sort of hedge fund manager like level of something or is it right. like like who knows the anyway we get to see bill again and get at least yeah what he is but not what that position is if that makes sense
2: yeah i mean and i mean like the whole like jumping again you know we talked about it last book the jumping in on you know no one's around and i basically can run the Mm -hmm. place uh through some random notes that are delivered to my desk yeah so it seems to have worked out i guess it's percy was shitty in hogwarts and didn't improve outside of it i guess i'm i'm curious how much of a heel he's gonna Mm -hmm. be um like he definitely there was a turn mm-hmm. like that wasn't unexpected i i guess i don't expect him to be f- like a full voldemort supporter yeah. but like i don't think he is going to be part of the war effort i mean i think he he will do his best to move up in the ministry and if that means helping voldemort a little bit or, hmm. you know, basically providing some cover and, and then he can step on some people's shoulders. He's more than happy to do it. And if putting down some of Voldemort's attacks gets him more power, he's happy to do that too. And so, I mean, like, I guess it, I guess I read more evil intent in the Weatherby thing. Uh, and I was kind of joking about it. But it was also kind of like all of the interactions that he had with his whole family any time that we saw him, we're always like, I don't want anything to do with you guys. Yeah. And, and not a like a fun way where, I don't, I don't know about fun, but like Fred and George and Ron like clearly have a, you just put like toffee in my hair and it's now growing out my nose. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you.
1: Until dinner. Rather like. than
2: like, like you are beneath me, I don't yeah. want to deal with yeah. you. Yeah, right.
0: I feel you. <laughs> it's it's a very different kind of you know feel Mm -hmm. um but it's it's interesting because this from a writing perspective this kind of interfamily character conflict is catnip that can be used in all kinds of exciting ways it'll just be really curious to see which way jk rowling goes with it i mean i don't this doesn't feel like the kind of series to do straight up brother against brother of where reaching reaching that level if he actually becomes an antagonist but him being neutral slash opportunist an occasional fudge level of, of antagonist. Maybe mm-hmm. him doing a heel face turn. Who knows him being a spy. The ministry goes evil. There's a lot of different ways this can be used. And that's just an exciting kind of development. Uh, in terms of developments that don't surprise me though, fudge doing what fudge does. Saw that coming from a mile away.
1: <laughs> yeah. We had long conversations about how this was going to play out. Um, at the end of the fourth book mm -hmm. and like
0: head in sand. Yeah. It it is predictable. It is on point characterization. It is consistent. I have no complaints other than that. He's probably going to be disastrous for the broader wizarding world. I mean, and
2: and this sort of also comes into uh, one of the things that we've talked about and is a little frustrating. It's like, there's, there's basically only Hogwarts and the ministry. Yeah. And I would love to have, like, a feel of what else, like, what's going on anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Because this is a major happening in the wizarding mm-hmm. world. And yes, like, one in five or more wizards are employed by the ministry. So I guess it's, like, everything, everybody that doesn't teach or play Quidditch. But
1: So we actually, and I don't think this is too spoiler, but we do get a little bit more of a sense of how the broader wizarding world is thinking about. All of this when we get back to Hogwarts and like, okay, we essentially hear what other students' parents think about it through other students, right? That'll be
0: great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be interesting.
2: I suspect that the amount that other people read really shitty journalism (laughs) and subscribe to it wholeheartedly (laughs) is going to be hilariously high for wizards and witches that have near instantaneous communication and a lot of power to like verify things and or know that it's a shitty rag um and I think that then that not care about it
1: yeah then not care that, that it is shitty yes,
2: yes. terrible school year because all of the students have been reading the same things that that Hermione has been reading
0: and yeah. are like oh this this tracks a hundred percent there are two there essentially are two newspapers in the wizarding world and they are the equivalent of the Sun and the Daily Mail God helpful
1: yeah, we'll we'll get a sense of it anyway.
0: But, but on your first point, PJ, the sheer fact that the uh, Order of the Phoenix exists is a power outside of the expected realms that offers exciting opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. Just that this is kind of the first idea that we have, other other than like the Death Eaters, the fact that there yeah. is evil sub-organization op- operating independently and in some ways opposed to the government is opening the door to all kinds of other similar organizations maybe being out there. I don't think there are, but at least we have one. Uh, Creature. Is that how you pronounce his name? Creature. Dear God. We've seen levels of house elf conditioning before, but I didn't have an explanation in my head for the head wall hangings that, you know, grace the hallways as they're going to the rooms, but I wasn't expecting it to be entirely voluntary and, if anything, prided
2: I have a feeling this is kind of like somebody makes a bust of you. Like if you perform, like if he performs his service really well when he eventually dies, he gets to go on the wall of fame. Oh,
0: it is that. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's... hope. Well, we don't know that it's that. We just sort of hope that it is because anything else is completely insane. <laughs> well,
0: uh, we're kind of getting into that point of where I think we realized being in this chapter that, oh, we're in the black family household. Uh, and that's a thing. I wasn't expecting... Sirius is kind of the black sheep to all of the rest of the world, but apparently he's the white sheep to his own family? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> expecting that. I mean, I think, hmm, I don't remember if we've talked about this. I'll well, Never mind. Yeah, don't do it that <laughs> way. Um, but, I mean, I've got questions from there, but before we get into that, Sarah, who won who lost this chapter? You've got a lot of characters. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But not a lot of them having, like, specific wins or losses in their lives. No. They really just sit around and talk about things.
0: You're going to have to be creative more than in anything. assessing this one.
1: Um,
0: I, I mean, I'll put forth Harry as a loser. Okay. I, I was going to put him forth as a winner.
1: I
2: was too, but please explain, BJ. He got what he wanted and he it wasn't what he wanted. Like, he, he's been wanting to see his friends basically this entire time. And, like, he's a little bit happier about it at the end, maybe. But, like, I think he's still just pissed. And and it was... He got exactly what he's been wanting. And it wasn't it wasn't good enough t- to, like, assuage his situation.
1: See, well, my read... Well, go ahead, Spencer. You tell me yours. You said you...
0: No, I, I want to hear from you first. I, I, I have a thought, but please.
1: Well, I'm the arbiter of this. So I think that you should present yours. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, it's one of those... Not to, not to wax quote the Rolling Stones, but you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes you just might find you get what you need. And I think Harry, this is, he didn't necessarily know what he wanted out of this, it certainly wasn't this, but the catharsis he finally got from just being able to honestly vent everything that's building up inside him, and the fact that people don't reject him or run away from him from doing so, if anything, they expected this and are here for it to a certain degree. And the fact that he's actually now getting back into the inner circle of things, we'll see to what degree Dumbledore allows it. All of that is progress. All of that is so much more than what he has been enduring for months alone. It's a painful process, but it's a necessary one that enters him back into the world. And I think that's I a win. 100% agree. I think it's a win, but
2: not based on where we start the chapter. And and so if we're just looking at it at a the start of the chapter, he's excited to be included and in, to see his friends, and then it nosedives, and he's probably gonna get like what he needs, but but anyway.
1: Well, I would I would argue that actually at the very end of the chapter, Harry gets a substantial bump, although we don't actually see it, and we don't actually see the bump itself. But he's Sirius board, is right? here, right? Godfather. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I.
2: Again, you know, I, I, I don't disagree. I just, I'm curious to see what other loser you have. <laughs> well, that's fair, I suppose.
0: Um, I, I, if, Sarah, do you pick Harry? For your so
1: I do think Harry is the winner of this chapter. Yeah. Partially because I don't think that anyone else wins this chapter.
0: Well, if Harry's the winner, then I would offer a, a twin pairing: Hermione and Ron as losers. Just because they got, you know, getting to see their friend again when they've been boxed away and separated Mm -hmm. from him for so long where they've been able to express their honest feelings. And then they have to spend this entire chapter just weathering a storm that they weren't at fault for. That they, in some ways, could picture was coming and they have no ability to respond to it other than just take it. That sucks. That's never pleasant. And they're good enough friends. They just kind of have to stand there and just endure the tide.
1: The other... I think that you make a lot of valid points, Spencer, and that might ultimately be the case as far as the loser goes. The person, the other person I would put forth as loser of this chapter and possibly of the last two to three months of her life is Mrs. Weasley, who is engaged <laughs> in the Sisyf, Sisyphean task sure. mm-hmm. of cleaning this hellhole that mm-hmm. does not, I got to say, Ron and Hermione say that they have been engaged in decontaminating and cleaning this house under Mrs. What Weasley's guidance for the entire summer and there seems to be, God knows what it was before because the descriptions we get it's there, there seems mm-hmm. to be no progress like I don't know what has happened yeah. here up until now but boy howdy. The,
0: the sheer fact that we see her harried uh, that the, the Harry even comments that she looks more tired I, it's a perfectly valid word BJ. Uh, this she looks more tired and you know pale and it's not the shipping be, I expected. <laughs> than he'd ever seen her before. She comes across as a person that almost just see a mess and you know almost to be energized to fix it. And instead, the fact that she's actually deflated from the scale of it, she hasn't had a great time off camera. I have another loser
2: that we Please. find out about this chapter that probably happened before, okay. but and and I guess. Uh, Mrs. Weedley's on there, too. But Arthur, like, yeah. we find out about what's happened between him and Percy. Yeah. And it's not great. It's it's that.
1: The, the description is really heart wrenching um, of the kind of interactions that that are reported to us between Arthur and Percy. And yeah. um,
2: and Molly's reaction to it. Yeah. And just it's I, like I, I it doesn't
1: imagine. Yeah, go ahead.
2: That, that, like, Arthur bear... Like, Arthur is bear the brunt of it, and Molly has to, like, figure out what the yes. fallout is. Like, understand yeah. the fallout. Um, so... And it's...
1: I don't remember what we came up with our new rule about winners and losers that happen off-screen, because we don't actually see Arthur in this chapter, it, but... It's technically supposed
0: to be events within the parameters of the chapter itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: because... It, I would say that Arthur therefore doesn't qualify, yeah. but the conversation that we heard about of where we, where Percy basically said, your individual failings have kept our family poor yeah. and suffering for our entire lives.
1: This is the only access ah! we get to that conversation. It's not like it comes up yeah. again. I mean, we hear more about the conflict later, obviously, but like we don't get this conversation right. again. And it is... I had not remembered how... How shitty Percy is uh, y- just yes uh, and like deeply shitty and personally shitty to his father um, who has nothing yeah. but love yeah. for his children well,
0: um, it's at such a scale and it, it, it's at such a scale it paints a horrible picture of Percy leading up to this moment that he had been thinking those for a while yeah. Th- those have been festering inside of his psyche just waiting for a moment to come yeah.
1: out. so I am actually going to for all of these reasons collectively award loser to the elder weasleys (laughs) they've had a rough yes um questions uh
2: i have a quick one that kind of has nothing to do with anything but fire away (laughs) i i assume so lucius is an only child or not lucius uh, draco serious draco yes Yes,
1: draco draco malfoy okay is an only child yes
2: i was trying to think of like is there a way that percy like came in contact with the malfoys for some of their ill, because oh, like yeah. he feels like he was a, a ward of the Malfoys for like a couple years. He is certainly, um, and yeah, we just never saw it on screen.
1: that that whole thing. But so no, he wouldn't yeah. have come in in contact like with a Malfoy child other than Draco in his last years. At, but not where he would have yeah. been like influenced by them. But I yeah. there are so many like families that are linked up with the Malfoys in so many ways that yeah you know some that scene got there that. somehow right
0: yeah mm-hmm. is molly M- mrs weasley's first name is molly yes. right yeah is she actually a member of the order of the phoenix
1: that's a really good question um i th- i think so i thought everybody there yeah was. i believe so um
0: i thought all the adults
1: there yes were. i th- i believe <laughs> so she, she, it, it's just such an
0: she, it's an interesting place that she's in of where she's embodying that quintessential role of English literature of the, like the house mistress uh-huh. like that's always present it's always you know running Sherlock Holmes's house or whether off camera or anything else and is often in the background of discussions yeah but at the same time she also directly says only orders of the Phoenix members are allowed in this room right now I have to go into the room. I have to go to the yeah,
1: room. Yeah, to into the, the room. room. That's
2: why,
0: I, like, one of the reasons that
1: I assume. um i and, I think so. I'm trying to look up a list so that um nobody else gets spoiled with it. But I I think that she is. I mean, but she always she it. always off um occupies like to your point and driving this question. Molly Weasley always occupies this weird kind of in between space. Um, yeah, like
2: non-professional yeah. wizard.
0: I mean, but we've always had theories that she's secretly quietly a badass that she seems surprisingly magically powerful in a way that's effortless but whether she's actually you know stepped up to be the member of a death eater fighting organization or whether she was even in the past they seem to be playing that one close to the vest yeah yeah um and sort of to that point
2: i have this feeling that order of the phoenix is really old but it also sounds like something
0: that dumbledore (laughs) just like came up with yesterday. this feels like Dumbledore took an old organization that maybe had been defunct for a long time and is now investing funding in them again.
1: <laughs> oh, here we go. See? So, <laughs> what, and I think we get this next chapter, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Molly is, yes, a member of the Order of the Phoenix. Um, okay. I, we might get this next chapter. It's sometime soon. I don't think it's a huge spoiler. The Order of the Phoenix was. Um, put together in the first wizarding war war against voldemort and this is okay, a reconstituted version of it so um yeah. Okay. yeah
2: i it felt like something that could have been like a merlin mm-hmm. thing it's and, a recent history or, thing but it did yeah
1: already right. exist before and it gotcha. is being resurrected
2: okay. yeah. reborn but that, that was bio, my like,
1: second <laughs> yes
0: I mean, yeah. to, to draw similarities between world war one and world war two it's like they're putting the pals battalions back together yes. effectively yeah yeah. Um, one that's kind of uh, going off that. I mean, we get laid out in this chapter some possible reasons for why Harry's been kept in the dark. Essentially, the two main ones I think, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, that we hear here, is that uh, afraid being afraid that messages would be intercepted, to which Harry, I think, correctly points out, there's any number of ways to keep me in the loop other than Owl. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that, that one doesn't hold much water. And essentially... Dumbledore's been not stopping in terms of just constant busy and all the things he's been running at the same time. Maybe he lost track of you to a certain degree. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I but think... We, but
2: we had a... He's directly told people, don't tell Harry. Yes. So... Do we get any
0: more explanation... It, it's a pure yes, no answer um, as to why Harry's been kept in the dark or is it going to be in either those categories or kind of kept fuzzy?
1: We... We know by the end of this book okay.
0: okay that that that's that's reassuring to mm-hmm. know because th- this is a key issue now that's stuck in harry's car mm-hmm. i'd be very disappointed if you know you noted this if kind of like in the last books it's just a one-off chapter event and then it's just brushed. no it.
1: we we know and uh, this may or may not be a spoiler but harry is not done being pissed about this <laughs> good yes. i'm
0: it, this isn't a no, this is an aspect of potentially of a healthy Harry. It's not a healthy moment, but it is certainly a more interesting. Mm-hmm. Harry. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. all for Harry processing past trauma and confronting people. We think needs to be confronted about it. Uh, BJ, have you got any others? Otherwise I got, I'll, I'll do one more before we can stop.
2: I, I mean, I have non plot related questions.
1: Are they Let's productive? Say, yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe pick your, uh, pick your favorite. Well, no, no uh, well, I'll ask them. I'll, I'll ask them later. Uh, so go ahead with your real question then. then, then we'll, oh,
1: these like, are evergreen we'll questions, PJ. that
0: Sarah's going to be unhappy with. Uh, can you tell me what the hell these paintings are? Because these almost seem like a mix between paintings and prisons that we've got strapped to the walls of this particular place. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, they really are paintings like the Hogwarts paintings are. Um, it's just that the people are so malicious um, that that, yeah. that malice has carried forward Anime. into their... Which is
2: also super interesting because and i like this was a question that i wasn't going to ask but now i'm gonna like talk about which is it's super weird to have paintings in a place where you're having secret meetings because we sort of know that you can go between paintings i i guess i'm going to update the the painting world and it's only within a, a building that they can move between because correct
1: unless it is another painting of the same person right Right. then you can go between Hmm. but otherwise it's only within the same building so like this because yeah no 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 no.
2: is is that confirmed or is that a like we're making this true because otherwise crazy that
1: is confirmed because we get that counter narrative in a lot of other in a couple of other spaces throughout the books right where where you can move when you're when your painting is in different places
0: yeah. Well, it, it, we've seen before that a painting can become its own individual in some ways. We ha, it, It's been rare, though, to see a painting so fully embody an individual as we see in the painting of, I guess, Sirius Black's mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. who It's it's not like this is a representation. He just responds, hi, you met my mm-hmm. mom here.
1: Yeah. You,
2: and do you think that back in the day, wizards carried cameos like everybody else? Because that would be hilarious. And they could just walk around talking to their cameos as <laughs> they... <laughs> God i'm like sure. just having like little pendants that that you could open up and just have like a
0: man i mean that that's that, that's taking castaway wilson volleyball to just the yeah. utmost extremes
1: i wonder if the like the the photograph has less personality than the painting does if like yeah. a silhouette has less personality <laughs> oh, if chart, you've done like a, a the charcoal paper sketch
0: is downright
2: dim it's going to be like the Peter Pan version where, you know, you can just sort of take it around, but it doesn't do like quite the same thing. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Xerox copies would start
2: getting really, really low. Oh,
1: wow. Um,
2: but the old ones that you actually had to turn out would oh, be Oh, the
1: mimeographs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my yeah.
2: gosh. Um, okay.
1: Any other questions? So, yes.
2: Okay. Yes. Um, so before Harry arrived, what was the sleeping arrangement?
1: Um, I don't you, know. You?
2: It sounds like Hermione and Ron are in the same room together that Harry is now coming into. And that seems like a really interesting thing to be happening right now, given what happened. I
1: don't think that that actually (laughs) is it. it, I agree that it does sound like that in this description. I think that we I I think that it is I can just
2: leave that there if we don't want to actually answer. Yeah, I mean, I think Um, because you're going to like my follow up less, which is how old is Bill? Um I was thinking like mid twenties. I was gonna say because I seem to remember I think it's Bill that that uh Fleur has decided to take up a position mm-hmm. and was flirting a- Correct. and had some responses from yes. Bill. And she's
0: two years older than Harry. 18? I think she's
1: eight no yeah, she's eighteen. Um I think Bill would be maybe twenty three to twenty four. Okay. Bit more reasonable than I thought. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it but... probably up to twenty five or twenty six. But I don't even think he gets into like late twenties. Okay. I mean, not ideal. Okay. Let's be clear. But
2: they have European sensibility. Sure. She's French, like you know, which is <laughs> fine. Uh, sh- shall,
0: shall we exit on that note?
1: Yeah. Why not?
2: <laughs> well, we have to do one more thing. Next oh, chapter. Next chapter. Yes.
1: Is chapter five.
2: Um, we know that. Yep, we are on chapter five and...
1: Uh, the Order of the Phoenix. Well,
2: <laughs> the titular uh, Order of the Phoenix. I can look at the picture. The picture is interesting. Is Who is that supposed to be? Although, I mean, there's
0: Harry.
1: I think that's is supposed that to be serious.
0: Okay. I mean, is it, we, we, have, we have what looks like a picnic bench. We've got a cauldron yep. that's maybe flipping over and there looks like there's a piece of bread that is like flying in on a, on
2: cutting, a board. cutting
1: board. There's also something. a knife that so, has lodged okay. itself into the picnic table. Um, so
2: given given that we have a problematic cauldron, I just want to go back and say Percy might have a I, point that we really need correct. to...
0: Standardization. correct? Proper import and export procedures.
1: All right, well, on that note... <laughs>
0: Yeah, this this chapter was a blast. Love the discussion. Looking forward to the next one, too. Bye, guys.